could sing these songs as I often do, but every song must end, and you never do. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again, cause all that I have is a heart. Good morning, Southview. We're glad to have you worshiping with us today. Here are the big three announcements for this week. Men, if you haven't done so, you need to register for the men's retreat. It's coming up soon, September the 29th through October the 1st. The cost is $175 for adult males, $110 for youth. Pastor Brad will be sharing more about this in just a few minutes. It's simple. Just text the word retreat to 910-424-1298. One of the most important traits of a believer is to have a servant's heart. We strongly believe in helping you develop that here at Southview. And one of the ways we help to do that is by getting you plugged into a ministry. This week, we highlight our youth ministry. If God has gifted you with the ability to teach and you have a heart for training up the next generation for Christ, we encourage you to get involved in our youth ministry. And you can simply do that by texting the word SERVE to 910-424-1298 for more information on how you can get connected to this wonderful ministry. Did you know that you can download recordings of our worship team playing many of your favorite worship songs? Simply go to the church website, southviewbc.com, and click on the Resources tab. Here, you can also view fascinating God stories and watch past services as well. So, be sure and check it out today. We encourage everyone to download the Southview Baptist Church app from iTunes or Google Play. This will allow you to find other announcements, sign up for events, find a journey group, view previous sermons, or access today's sermon notes. There are two ways you can give here at Southview. You can go online and use the app, which is safe and secure, or you can use the two giving boxes located at the front of the sanctuary at the base of the two stairwells. If you're a guest with us today, we're so glad to have you here visiting with us. We would love to connect with you, and there's an easy way to do that. If you would text the word CONNECT to 910-424-1298. This would allow us to minister to you in ways that you may need. We may pray for you in any specific way that our church can minister to your family. And again, we're so glad to have you worshiping with us today. And now, let's enjoy together our time with the Lord. All right, good morning, church. Let's stand. And let's celebrate together. He is worthy to be praised. Yes. We celebrate Jesus Christ, our King, our Lord.
Who could imagine? 
We sing and we celebrate these truths, church. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4 say, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Because this is true, Romans 10, 9 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We take these times to, to not just sing songs about God and to, um, to sort of, you know, edify each other, but we sing the gospel. You know, we preach the gospel to ourselves through song and through prayer and through the hearing of the word. And so my, my hope is that as we sing these things, that our hearts are literally changed closer into Christ's image as we reflect on the words that we profess to be true. And let's profess who we are in Christ. Let's continue to sing this I believe.
seated. Hello, Southview. This is Phil Dean. I want to come talk to you today about the men's retreat that's coming up in the last weekend of September this year. just want to share my experience from last year. Um, we had a theme of one thing from Psalms 27.4, and uh, just uh, to give you what it meant to me, it was just kind of a primer for me to really get in touch with God and the one thing that He wants uh, us as men to do, and that is to follow Him, uh, follow His direction for our lives uh, in leading our family, le leading at work, leading at church. And it was just uh, the the messages we had last year, the uh, the small groups, the fellowship was just outstanding. So last year, going to the men's retreat came at a great time. My best friend had recently moved up to Maryland to be stationed up there, and I was just kind of missing having godly fellowship and community. And I got to experience that again at the men's retreat. In Psalm 133, the psalmist speaks about beholding how good it is when brothers dwell in unity. And the men's retreat last year was just an active illustration of that. So I'm looking forward to that again and beyond that, looking forward to seeing what God's going to do through a strong bond of brotherhood within the men here at Southview. So uh, one of the things I took from last year's men's retreat was uh, it actually started at the planning process. Um, the group of men that came together, uh, we were planning for a hundred, hoping for 30 guys from Southview. Um, and through prayer, we actually seen how great God was and he multiplied that 30 by three and sent a hundred men from Southview down there. Um, and then once we got there, being able to see the different generations of Christians um, interacting um, as men, as Christian men, uh, for that retreat was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and on top of that, hearing different men get up, um, whether in the small groups or in the worship service, and listening to people's testimonies and seeing that the struggles that I was going through in my life or have went through in my life are not just my own. Um, guys, Christian men um, have the exact same struggles and that is what I took out of last year's men's retreat. My biggest takeaway was seeing and experiencing a large group of men that had the same purpose and same goals and same desires of learning to lead our families, to grow as men and to grow closer to one another and build a community and a church that has the same purpose and that's to serve our Lord and glorify him. Fast forward to this year's men's retreat, what I really, really am hoping for is that not only do the, the hundred men that uh, went last year um, sign back up and go, um, but that we multiply those numbers um, by two or three um, and fill both buildings that we have and then seeing the depth of relationships that are going to be formed from last year's and this year's retreat, uh, not only inside the four walls of Southview, but hoping to expand those outside into the Hope Mills and Fayetteville area. I'm looking forward to this year's trip, this uh, the last week in September. Uh, and I'm looking for it to extend what started last year. Just looking to, to continue the growth that uh, I've gotten from that one weekend at the beach with 100 God-loving men. 
And um, guys, if you haven't signed up yet, I would encourage you to go ahead and do so. I uh, need to get this locked down so we can get everything planned. Uh, looking forward to a great weekend in the Lord uh, in September. Um, so sign up and let's go. All right. Well, that is going to be September 29th. So uh, I encourage you to sign up, gentlemen, if you haven't yet. Again, we're, that sign up will go through uh, June here. So you have a couple of weeks left for that. Uh, and I encourage you to sign up and be a part. It's going to be an amazing week together. So please sign up. Text retreats to our number, 910-424-1298 to sign up for that. It's going to be an amazing weekend. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, well, uh, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you guys. Glad that you're here. Welcome to you all. Uh, we love Father's Day. Uh, it's just a, just a great day to, to, to encourage men and speak to men. And we're so excited that you're here. Um, you know, if, um, if you look at our culture, uh, again, masculinity, manhood is um, uh, severely under attack, Right? Uh, if you want to see what society thinks about something, watch television, all right? Uh, so think about the average sitcom that has a family. What's the dad? He's a moron, right? He's an idiot. He always messes everything up, and um, at the end of the day, he has to be saved by the kids and the talking dog, right? That's, that's it. That's what... That's what society thinks about manhood. And, and anyone who goes contrary to that, we've got this term toxic masculinity, this notion that men acting manly is in somehow toxic and destructive and needs to be pushed down. Uh, so I, I'll tell you that we uh, vehemently disagree with that. We believe that is not true. Um, we believe here that the greatest... Uh, need is not for men to act less like men, but more like men. Uh, that's the greatest need that we have in our society. Um, because when men act um, in biblically masculine ways, they seek to uh, care for the weak and the needy. They love and care for their families. They seek to provide and be uh, a, a, uh, a, a covering for their families, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, so that's, 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 a, that's a powerful thing. We want to see men walking in that. But what I want to talk about today as we think about Father's Day, it's not just physical fathers, but spiritual fathers. If you've got a Bible, let's find 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll land there in just a moment. But not just physical fathers, but spiritual fathers. You can be a physical father. And at the same time also be a spiritual father. You can be a physical father and not be a spiritual father. You can be a spiritual father and not be a physical father. They don't have to go hand in hand. But what I want to talk about just for a few moments today is the, the passion and the power of spiritual fathers. When men rise up inside the body of Christ and seek to live as spiritual fathers, it is powerful. When I look at churches that struggle with division, that struggle with um, schisms, that uh, are, are divided and looking to split, 
When I see churches that struggle with embedded sin within the body, one of the first things that come into my mind is that church clearly has very few spiritual fathers. Think about a physical dad, right? Think about your dad in, 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 in line with a spiritual father. What churches need are more mature, godly men who can stand up and say, that's not who we are, that's not how we act, and that's not how we're going to live. This is not what we're going to do. We need men who are willing to do that. We, we've, we, we've developed this, this idea in American Christianity that, that your walk with Christ is, is private and no one can speak into that and tell me what I can and cannot do. That is absolutely antithetical to the Bible. The Bible says that your walk with Christ is indeed personal, but it is not private. It is meant to be lived out in community. And in that community, we need men of God. Strong, mature, not perfect, but strong and mature men of God who are willing to rise up and be spiritual fathers. By spiritual father, what I mean is someone who's willing. This is very important. I want you to hear me. Here's what I mean by a spiritual father. Men who are willing to take personal responsibility for the spiritual development of another person. Like you could think about like a, a, a physical dad, right? When you have a child. So I've been a dad now for 18 years. My oldest is 18 years old. And if you were to ask me 19 years ago if I was selfish, I would have told you no. No, I'm not selfish. No. I didn't realize how selfish I was until I had kids. Then I realized I like me a lot. And I am I'm actually pretty selfish. Those little things keep crying at 3 o'clock in the mornings. Like, oh, did we just change your diaper? Like, what is wrong with you? You realize when you become a physical dad, life isn't about you anymore. Right? Now, now you are responsible for the physical maturing and development of another human. And that's what we need with spiritual dads. Men who are willing to step out and claim personal responsibility for the spiritual development of another person. That's what we're looking for. So as we think about that and what that looks like, I want us to look at one of the great spiritual fathers of all time, a man by the name of Paul. So 1 Corinthians chapter 4 is where we're going to be, and we're going to see Paul as a spiritual dad. So before we do that, let me kind of give you a little background. So the Apostle Paul is writing to people in the city of Corinth. That's why this letter is called 1 Corinthians He's writing to the Corinthian church. Now, here's what's going on with the Corinthian church. They're in the city of Corinth. And the city of Corinth was Las Vegas before Las Vegas. All right? If it happens in Corinth, it stays in Corinth. It was vile and, and it was immoral. It was a godless place. It was so bad that if someone called your sister a Corinthian girl, you were obligated to punch them in the face. Okay? That was not a compliment. That was a very bad thing. That was impugning someone's, uh, a woman's character to call her that. So in the midst of this, in this wicked, crazy sinful city of Corinth, some people started getting saved, right? How awesome is that? And then they formed a church. But stop me if you've heard this before. Just because you're a Christian and go to church doesn't mean you stop being totally crazy. So 
in the midst of this Corinthian church, they still had some junk that they were working through, right? They, they had divisions, and they had splits, and they had gender issues, like men were acting like women, and women were acting like men. People were showing up early to church and getting drunk off the communion wine. Like, that's, that's not great. Uh, they actually even had, it was so bad, they had one guy in the church that was having a sexual relationship with his stepmother. I mean, that's, that's like Jerry Springer, okay? That's, that is next level. So this is what's going on. So if you ever thought that you came from a dysfunctional church, read the book of Corinthians. You're like, oh, wow, we're not that bad. We're pretty good. So the Apostle Paul is trying to help untangle this craziness in Corinth. And so I want you to see how he does it. He doesn't do it as the pastor. He doesn't do it as a preacher. He doesn't even do it. He does appeal to his apostleship, and he's able to write because of the authority that comes from being an apostle. But I want you to see where he comes at is, I want you guys to listen to me because I'm your spiritual dad. And as your spiritual dad, we need to have a chat. Right? He's being a good dad. A good dad that's willing to sit down their child and just say, look, we need to have a conversation. Right? This is not okay. So I want us to see the Apostle Paul as the spiritual father. We're going to kind of work through this and see what we have and what we could glean for ourselves in being spiritual fathers for the glory of God. So let's pick it up in verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. He says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I send you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some of you are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you. But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills. And I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? All right. The passion and the power of spiritual fathers. When I say the passion and power, what I mean, and we're going to see this as we go through, especially to get to kind of the end of the text where it talks about the difference between talking and power. When I say that we want spiritual fathers full of passion and power, what I mean is we... We so love our spiritual kids. We so see them and love them and desire God's good for them that we're willing to, to, to step out into action and to take active steps to see them grow up and mature in the Lord. Just like a physical dad, right? You love your kids and so you, do, you devote time for your kids and you sacrifice for your kids and you do things for your kids. 
What do you want for your kids? Do you want them to, to be better than you were, to do more than you did, and to go farther than you ever could? And this is what a spiritual father does. He desires to see his spiritual kids rise up in the Lord, even greater levels than he ever could. As a spiritual father, you want to plant seeds that are going to grow into trees that one day you're going to be able to sit under and get shade from. We want to pour into people in a way that they grow up even bigger than we ever could so that one day we can maybe even glean from them. This is what a spiritual father desires to do. You have a vision to see God be glorified and the kingdom advanced. And the way we're going to do that is by the men in this church catching a vision to being spiritual fathers. Not just good men, not just workers in the church, but spiritual fathers. How great would that be? A room full of men really seeing themselves as spiritual dads. So let's see kind of what this looks like. What does a spiritual father look like? What's the the passion that drives them? What's the power that comes from him? So let's pick it back up in verse 14. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. I want you to notice a couple of things that Paul, the spiritual dad, is doing, okay? Number one is this. As spiritual dads, spiritual fathers, we got to be willing to say hard things in a loving way. As a spiritual father, what the Apostle Paul, he didn't want to shame them. He didn't want to, to, to beat them down. He didn't want them walking away discouraged. But he did want to admonish them. The word admonish means to gently correct and rebuke. To, to, to lovingly look at them and go, so that's not a thing that you can do anymore. Spiritual fathers. Again, we struggle greatly in the American church in that we never desire to look someone in the face and say, that's not something you can do. You can't do that. You can't talk like that. You can't act like that. You can't do that. This is just not something that you can do. Right? Because, again, we've gotten this idea that Christianity is private. That's mine. It's private. You can't tell me how I can and cannot follow the Lord. Well, actually, we can. Come to find out, we got a book. So we can tell you what's in the book. We need spiritual fathers who will be willing to lovingly and graciously admonish, gently correct, gently warn men and women, boys and girls, and how to walk with Christ. And as you look at society, you look at just sociologically, anywhere you have pockets in America where fatherlessness is is rampant it's inevitable that will also be a pocket in our society that has higher than average crime rates higher than average incarceration rates higher than average drug and alcohol abuse rates higher than average unwed mothers higher than average teenage pregnancies and our society has tried very hard to separate those two. It's like, no, 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 that has nothing to do with dads. That's just, that's just a thing that happens. No, pay no, it's like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, right? Like, no, 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 that's not real. Don't worry about that. But it is true. Wherever you have a situation where there is a, a, a dearth, a, 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 a complete uh, absence of fathers, there's always things that come along with that. Same thing spiritually speaking. 
We need spiritual fathers who are willing to step in and speak truth and clarity to men and women who need to hear that. That's what the Apostle Paul is willing to do. Next, in verse 15, he says, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So now, there in verse 15, some of your translations may, may, may word that a little differently. If you have the NIV, the King James, or New King James, it's going to say something like you have 10,000 instructors. Uh, ESV, or New American Standard, is going to say countless guides. Basically the same idea. Uh, the word for 10,000 or countless is myrios. It's where we're going to get our English word myriad. It just means a lot, and that's all he's trying to explain here. You have a lot of guides. What's a guide? A guide was a servant that worked for a master. And so the master was the father and the master had children. But he would hire a guide to help make sure that child got to school and got back home and got here and got back home and got where he needed to go. The guide had responsibility. The guide corrected and directed and go this way and don't go that way. However... The guide was not the dad. And the dad had authority and position that the guide did not have. And that's what he's trying to say here. Look, you have a lot of people in your life who are willing to give you advice. And that's great. But you need a dad. And I would encourage you. I think the reason so many of us struggle in our walk with the Lord is that we have a lot of people in our, in our life that offer us advice. But we've not allowed anyone to be a spiritual parent to really raise us up in him. We're missing that. We're missing that. That's something that's really absent from the modern church. We don't call people that anymore. We don't call people spiritual fathers. We don't call people spiritual mothers. We don't think in terms like that anymore. Because again, your walk with the Lord is a private thing. That's just me and Jesus. But the Bible doesn't speak that way. The Bible doesn't think that way. You have too many people in your life that just throw advice at you and not someone in your life who's going to be a spiritual dad and a spiritual mom who takes it as their personal responsibility to see you mature in faith. Don't you want that? Don't you need that? I know I do. I know I do. I praise God for the men in my life who have been spiritual fathers. First was my dad. And then other men subsequent from that that have taken personal responsibility to see me grow in the faith. They actually cared about me and took time with me and sacrificed for me. And I am forever indebted to them. You need spiritual fathers. Don't just float on with life. Don't be some orphan kid in the streets of Christianity trying your best to grow up on your own. It doesn't work that way in the physical world well, and it doesn't work that way in the spiritual world either. We need spiritual dads. Rise up to be one. In thinking about this, um, Jim Putnam, uh, a pastor uh, out in Montana, wrote a book called Disciple Shift. And in that, he lays out what he considers to be sort of different uh, levels of spiritual maturity. And I think it's helpful, uh, so I want to kind of share it with us just for a moment. So he describes spiritual maturity in four levels. Infants, children, young adult, and parent. So think about physically speaking, right? So you start out born as an infant. 
Now, you're a human, correct? You are alive, you're breathing, your brain is working, your heart is pumping, your lungs are expanding and contracting. You are as alive as you're ever going to be. And you're utterly useless. You can't do anything for you. You are totally dependent on someone for everything. You're alive. You're human. You have personhood. But you are totally dependent on someone else. The same thing spiritually. When you come to faith in Christ, you're an infant. You're a baby. Yes, you are in Christ as much as you'll ever be. Yes, you have the Spirit of God as much as you ever will. And you need someone to feed you a lot. You need someone to change your diaper. You need a lot of help. Especially think about if you came to faith in Christ as an adult and you did not grow up in church. Especially think about that. You came to faith in Christ. You're like, I'm a Christian now. And so you show up in church like, I don't know what you people are doing. Like you're, you're drinking out of little tiny cups and, and eating stale bread? What is that for? I don't understand it. That's the worst dinner I've ever seen in my life. Right? I don't understand the Bible. I don't know anything. I don't know job from Psalms. I don't know what any of that is. You need to be fed. And that's awesome, man. And we're so glad that you're here. That is great. We want you here and we want to feed you and encourage you and take care of you and help you so that you can grow up. And the next level is... Children. So think about like elementary age. So with elementary age, they have more uh, autonomy. They're able to take care of themselves a little bit more, right? You're not changing diapers, right? You're not warming bottles, right? It's different. And however, though, as children, there's still a lot of immaturity, right? You're, now, it's, it's great as your kids get older. Our youngest now is almost 10. And I'm going to be honest with you. Vacations now are much better, right? I actually get to go to the beach and hang on, wait on it, sit down. And it's great. It is awesome. And if you have a child, like three or four years old, like what is that like? Keep living. You'll get there. It'll be okay. One day it's going to be great. Yes, they mature and, and, and they don't need constant supervision. And at the same time, kids do dumb things. And kids have bad ideas. And your nine-year-old thinks it's a great idea to eat ice cream every meal. And they think brushing their teeth is stupid. Why do you do that? That's so, why do I have to do that? I don't understand. Right? They still need to be taught. They still need to be led. Same thing spiritually. We have people who have grown in the Lord. And you're maturing in the Lord. That's awesome. And there's still a lot of sin that we're trying to work through. Like, yeah, we, we actually have a verse on that. You actually can't do that. That's like, no, no. And then, hopefully, by God's grace, you mature into a young adult. Now, think of a young adult as someone in their 20s that's not married and doesn't have kids. All right? That's the picture I want you to have in your mind. In their 20s, but not married and don't have kids. On one level, you're adults. Right? You have a job and you have an apartment and you pay your rent and all, right? You're an adult. And at the same time, you have no clue. Right? You think you know, which is cute. But you don't. Right? I mean, come on. 
When you got, you thought you were mature until you got married and had kids, you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. There's a level of spiritual growth where you're mature. When I think about young adults and spiritual growth, these are people that you read your Bible, you pray, you faithfully attend church, you're in a journey group, you serve. That's awesome. That's great. But all of your spiritual growth, all of your spiritual life is focused on you. It's not focused on anyone else. I want to grow and I want to mature and I'm in this Bible study because it's going to help me. There's another level. And this is what the whole point of today, what I want us to see, this next level. I think majority of Christians land on that young adult Christian maturity spot. And they view that as, I've arrived. I don't sin like I used to sin. I don't do the things I used to do. I'm growing in the Lord. I repent of sin. I read my Bible. I pray. I'm faithful in church. And we consider that as, I'm getting mature. I'm mature. What I want to encourage you with is there's another level, and it's called spiritual parenthood. Spiritual parenthood is where you take responsibility to see someone else raised up in the faith. And it's a whole other level. Again, it's the difference between being a 22-year-old person that's not married and doesn't have kids and someone who gets married and has kids and has to now be responsible for another human being. It's It's a different kind of responsibility and a different kind of life. And that's what I want to encourage us with today. Spiritual parenthood, being a spiritual father or a spiritual mother is someone who takes on the personal responsibility to see someone else mature in the faith. So let me ask you, where would you say you are in this? Just you personally right now. Where would you say that you are? Are some of you still in the infant child stage? And not because you got saved six months ago, but you're just stuck there. That's where these Christians were. In fact, if you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, the Apostle Paul tells these Corinthians that they're still infants. They're still babies. He says, you got to grow up. Listen, there's some spiritual growth that's supposed to happen. If you've been walking in the Lord in any length of time, there should be growth and maturity. Think about, so uh, back when my kids were much, much younger, we, um, years ago, we had some friends over to our house for dinner, right? And so had friends over to our house, and we're hanging out and eating and, you know, having coffee or whatever. So night's getting later, and um, one of our kids, I don't know, they were, you know, two or whatever it was. I forget who it was now. Uh, it was time to go to bed, and so Marie's like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put them in the beds. Okay, so... You know, she took them off uh, to, to, to go to bed. And uh, about two minutes later, this kid, completely buck naked, just comes running through the kitchen. And you know what all of our friends did? They laughed. Right? Because it's funny. Because when a two-year-old runs through the house naked, that's what two-year-olds do. Now, if a 32-year-old <laughs> ran through the house naked, it's no longer cute. Right Now that's a misdemeanor. Right now that's a... Now, now we got a problem. When children act like children, it's perfectly, it's appropriate, right? That's what kids do. The problem is when adults act like kids. That's where we have issues. 
And same thing spiritually. The problem is when you should be more mature than you are right now, but you're still acting like a child. And spiritually speaking, you're 30 years old and still expecting us to change your diaper. That's a problem. That's where we go, yeah, so that's now gross. Yeah, we're, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Where are you in your personal walk with the Lord? If we're going to be spiritual moms and spiritual dads, step one is we've got to have personal responsibility for our own walk with the Lord. We've got to take our own walk with the Lord seriously. We've got to pursue and seek and chase after God. We have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We have to make this matter. This is what the Apostle Paul did. He saw himself as a spiritual dad, caring for these people, desiring to see them grow and mature in him. And look at how he did it. Verse 16, we'll pick it up there. How did he seek to be this dad? Verse 16, I urge you then, be imitators of me. Underline that phrase. He encouraged them to be imitators of me. Wow. Here's what a spiritual dad does. A spiritual father seeks to pursue Jesus with all that he has. And then he's willing to look around at people around him and say, guys, it's not about following me. I'm following Jesus. And if you want to follow Jesus and not sure how to do that, you can watch me. That's phenomenal. Can we agree? That's amazing. But what I want you to understand is that's not supposed to be just supremely unique to Paul. That is supposed to be who we are. Seeking to follow Christ with all that we have. And then as spiritual dads, we're able to look at the kids around us, the spiritual kids. Even that spiritual kid might be 60. But we look at them around us and go, hey, listen, you want to follow Jesus? Look at me. And that doesn't mean that we're perfect. You know, as, as you're asking people to follow you and to imitate you, you know what they need to see you do? Sin and repent. Right? They don't need you to be perfect. Right, think about like your kids growing up, all right? So if you're a parent and you have kids, your kids don't need to see you live perfectly because you know what? Your kids know that you're not perfect. 20 years from now, the Lynch kids are going to sit around a coffee table drinking coffee and they're going to very easily be able to point out all of dad's faults. Right? It will not be difficult. The point isn't when you're asking people to imitate you, when you're seeking to be someone that sets yourself up as a follower of Jesus, allowing others to follow you, the point isn't that you're perfect. You're not. But as you sin, you confess that sin and you repent, and and they watch you repent in turn. What your own children need to see is not... It always cracks me up when people are like, I never saw my parents fight. Like, wow, you must have thick walls growing up. That's amazing. Who built that house? That is awesome. I don't think your parents must be perfect. I think they're really good at hiding stuff. Wow, that's amazing. They have a lot of discipline. I'll give them that. They're able to wait until, hey, they they went on a lot of drives in the country alone. Your kids don't need to see you be perfect. 
Your kids need to see you be humble and repentant. And it's the same way with this. As you're allowing people to imitate you as you imitate Jesus, the point isn't that you're walking in perfection. The point is they're going to watch you be humble and repentant. Actively seeking to follow Christ. We need, listen to me, if you're asking me what I pray for for our church, here's what I need. Here's what I'm praying for. I'm praying that God would raise up more men who are willing to do that. More men who are willing to say, you can imitate me. Now that's scary. That is terrifying. Because again, uh, you know, when I go ask men in our church to serve in various capacities, um, I get told no a lot. I, that's just a true thing. I get told no frequently. And sometimes it's just not the Lord's timing and not the Lord's will. And they just say, you know what, I just don't think that's what I'm supposed to do. But, but here's what I hear a lot. Here's what I hear a lot. I just want to just kind of chat through it. As I talk to men and I say, hey, I'd like for you to serve in this role. What I hear a lot from people is, you know what, I just don't feel like I, I'm qualified to do that. I, I, I just don't feel like I'm, I'm at the right place in my walk with the Lord to do that. And, and normally one of two things is happening. On one hand, it could be that that man is kind of working through something in his own life. And in a lot of humility and honesty, he's saying, look, right now it's just not a good time. I'm, I'm, I'm working through this. I'm going to work through this. And then I'll be able to jump in and do that. But right now, I just don't feel like I need, it's the right time. I just need to kind of work through something personally. That's great. But a lot of men that I talk to that give me that answer, I don't feel like I'm qualified. The real issue is they're absolutely terrified of standing up. And, and now having people watch them. They're just terrified by that. One comes from a wrong idea that that means now you have to be perfect. It doesn't. But what it does mean is you're willing to be humble and repentant. And I want to encourage you as men. We need men in this church who are willing to stand up and say, you can follow me. I'm going to stumble and I'm going to fall and I'm going to have to apologize. and I'm going to, But you can follow me. And this is what Paul's doing. He's saying, guys, you can follow me. You see it in verse 17. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. He's wanting them to remember, follow me, follow me, follow me. We need men who are willing to rise up and be spiritual fathers. To take the personal responsibility to see others grow in maturity in the Lord. That will start first with your own kids. If you have kids, yes. Take that first as your responsibility. As your own children, raise them up as a, not just a physical dad, but as a spiritual dad. But then look beyond that. There are people who need spiritual fathers. We all need spiritual fathers. Are you willing to be that? And look what happens as a result of a spiritual dad. Spiritual dads are willing to step in and, and handle business. Verse 18. Some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you. But, verse 19, I will come to you soon if the Lord wills. And I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. 
by spiritual fathers. I don't mean guys who know a lot about the Bible and can stand up and talk and do what I do. That's not what I'm looking for. That's not what we need. I don't need men who are good at talking. Our church does not need more men who are good at talking. We need men who walk in the power of God. And those are not the same thing. This kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. You don't have to be an extrovert. You don't have to be someone who's good in front of a crowd. You don't even have to lead a small group. But you live in the power of God. And when you speak into a situation, it just... some. So there are some guys, when they give their opinion on something, you go, thank you for your opinion. There are other guys, when they talk, it just hits different. There are other guys, when they raise their hand and say, so here's what I think needs to happen here. Everybody just listens. Why is that? Because that person is so eloquent? Probably not. Because that person exudes the power of God. And the power of God can only be received the power of God, can only be developed. The power of God can only manifest through you as you personally are seeking the God of power. Does that make sense? The only way a vacuum works is if it's plugged into the power source. The only way a man of God speaks in the power of God is if he lives plugged in to the power source. He lives in intimacy and closeness and relationship with Jesus Christ. And I love how it ends in verse 21. I mean, you could just hear a dad's voice. So what do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with a love in, or with love and a spirit of gentleness? <laughs> right? I just hear a dad saying, so do I need to come in there? And your kid's going, no, sir. How can Paul do this? As you read through the scriptures, what you're going to see is he did... He was not a man of impressive stature. He was not a man of impressive speech. He was not a man that walked into a room and he was a foot taller than everybody else and he had to go sideways through a door and he walks in and everyone goes, whoa, who is that guy? That was not Paul. He was not impressive externally. But because he was a man of God, he exuded the power of God. And as a result of that, he was able to be a mighty spiritual father. I don't need men with great educations. I don't need men with eloquent speaking voices. I don't need men with position in this world. We need men who are intimately connected with God. And as a result of that, they they just walk different. As a result of that, they're able to be spiritual fathers. The passion and power of spiritual fathers, it means everything. It means everything. So how do we grow as spiritual dads? I'm going to give you two quick things just to kind of pray through. One is this. 
Um, in order to grow as a spiritual father, you have to, first off, take your own walk with the Lord seriously. You've got to take your own spiritual walk seriously. I told our men in our breakfast yesterday, our men's breakfast, um, you do not drift anywhere worth going. Right? You don't drift into anything good. You have to work for it. There isn't a single good thing I've ever had in my life that happened by accident. Not a single one. You work for everything. It's no different spiritually. We are saved by grace through faith. It is not our works. It is nothing we can do to earn that at all. And at the same time, Philippians 2 tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Take your spiritual walk seriously. And then second is this. Seek to help someone else take their spiritual walk seriously. It's just that simple. You take your walk with the Lord seriously, and then you take responsibility to help someone else take their walk seriously. And you're being a spiritual father. Just do that. Steve Mural, who's the pastor of the 82,000 member Victory Church in the Philippines said discipleship is simply helping someone find and follow Jesus. And I would say the same thing for being a spiritual father. Being a spiritual father is just taking the responsibility to help someone else find and follow Jesus. That's what we need. Spiritual dads taking on that responsibility. How great is that going to so I want to ask you to bow your heads for me. And as we end our time together, worshiping and praising the Lord, I just want to give you a quick second just to, one, ask yourself, where are you in that spiritual growth track? An infant, a child, a young adult, Parents, Where would you say you are? And my encouragement for you is, no matter where you are, again, just like the Apostle Paul said, my point isn't to shame you, but to gently admonish and encourage you. Get to the next level. Get to that next level. Grow in the Lord. Mature in the Lord. Seek the Lord and then seek to help someone else grow and mature as well. Just like this world needs dads. Kids need dads. In the same way spiritually. We need spiritual fathers. We need spiritual dads. I want to encourage you today. Catch that vision to grow as a spiritual father to your kids, and then well beyond. Lord, I just pray for us that we would, Lord God, we would grow in this as men and women who seek to be spiritual parents, taking on that personal responsibility to see others grow and mature in you. Thank you, Lord. We need this. I need, I need, spiritual moms and spiritual dads. 
And I pray that I will turn around and be able to be a spiritual dad to someone else. Empower us in this, Jesus, for your glory. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, let's stand together, guys, as we worship together. You're welcome to come forward and pray or grab someone to pray with if you'd like. But let's take some time here and just spend our, our, the end of our time together just worshiping our great God and Father who loves us like his beloved children. Let's sing. Let's worship. Oh,
uh, before we leave, I want to take just a minute and pray over our dads. Um, and we just we just praise God for you. We thank uh, God uh, for you and the role you play in your family. So I just want to pray over you. So I just ask you to just bow your heads just for a moment. And if you have a dad around you, maybe it's not yours or whatever, um, but if you have a dad around you, you can uh, pray for them. If you want to put your hands on them, you can. Um, if it's not your husband, don't. But, you know, whatever. Um, we're not that kind of church. So, um, but let's just take some time to pray for the men around us, the dads that God has given us, okay? Uh, so, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the gift and the calling it is to be a dad. Your word tells us that all children are a gift from you and a blessing from you. So that would mean, by definition, all dads are blessed. So, God, I thank you for these blessed dads. I thank you, Lord, for the calling that you have placed on them as dads. I pray, God, that you would give them wisdom as fathers. Uh, I pray, God, that you would give give them wisdom as their children grow and have different phases and stages of life. How they interact as a father changes. I pray, God, you'll give them wisdom in navigating all of that. Lord, I pray for these dads that you would empower them, Lord, to not just physically seek to see their children grow, but really spiritually as well. They would seek to be spiritual dads to model for their children humility and repentance and love for Jesus. I ask you, Lord, that you would do this in us. Again, thank you for these dads. We love them. We pray your blessings on them. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. Have a great week. See you next Sunday.